Hello and welcome back to Community, the Ecovillage podcast from Gen Europe. Today on the podcast, we're talking to Sabine Lichtenfeld. Sabine is one of the co-founders of Tamera, one of Europe's and perhaps the world's most famous eco-villages located in Portugal. It's maybe best known for its radical revolutionary work on love and human relationships, but it's also a pioneer in ecosystem restoration, place of rest and safety for activists, and a living laboratory of community building. Sabine herself is an activist, a theologian and author who's dedicated her life to the pursuit of peace and the exploration of community and human relationships. In our conversation today, we discuss both the politics and spirituality of peacework, how she remains centered on her mission for peace when surrounded by a world at war, and her latest project, the Tamara Stone Circle Book and Card Deck, a project that aims to bring the wisdom of a peaceful and healing culture found in Tamara Stone Circle to people around the world. In our conversation, I'm struck by Sabine's clarity and conviction to follow through on bold initiatives that might perhaps be seen by some as naive, and that's something that she herself recognizes. But she's always brought to them an honesty and determination that's truly admirable, and that's what's enabled her to bring many powerful and meaningful projects to fruition. I very much enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you do too. So hello, good afternoon, Sabine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so your story uh, would be enough really to fill, I think, a whole podcast in itself. You've founded many communal projects. You've undertaken peace pilgrimages all around the world. You've been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize as one of the thousand peace women across the globe. Um, amongst many other things, but I'd just ask you to tell us a bit about how you personally came to community. What was the point in your life, growing up in the Western world where community is not the norm, where you realized that community was important to you? Okay, this is a very personal beginning. So I grew up in, in Germany in a well-protected family. My father was conductor, my mother a dancer. So we had this protected family life. And until I was maybe 10, 11 years, I did not know anything about the war history. And then I started to hear and I was shocked and I asked, how could this happen? What happened? And um, the most adults told me, um, we did not know. We did not know about this. And this, I've, I thought, this cannot be. So I started to see that adults also lie. And this was shocking for me. And then um, when I grew up a bit more, then I noticed uh, that all the families are so closed and everybody has his home life and nobody knows anything about the neighbors in the cities. And there I felt um, the strong call, I want to live a different life. So it, it started also with my political engagement. I when the about Vietnam, for example, I also saw there. So to which worldview do I believe? What is the truth? And then I had together with my girlfriend, uh, with my friend, my best friend, we fall in love to the same man, and then we noticed this is not normal, and. Uh, then this man even was married. And so I asked him, 
how will you tell it now to your wife? And he said, she won't understand this. And for me, this was the beginning where I felt, wow, there is so much lie in the love and sexuality area. And this brought me to the decision. I still remember when I told to my father when I was 16, I want to build a village and to show that another life in truth and trust is possible. And my father smiled back and he said, oh, yes, you will see when I was young, <laughs> I thought the same. And I smiled back. So this is my very, very personal beginning. And then 1978, I were looking with friends, where will the place be? Where do we start our project? And there I came to know the co-founder, Dr. Dieter Duhm, who was very known in the students' movement in those times. And I met him, and it were the three of us, in a way, who started and who said, let's, let's try. In the beginning, it was more to build a free university where we can study all the things which you normally don't learn in the universities. And what is the foundation of a new culture? And so since 1978, I am living in community. This was my strong and powerful beginning. And this also led us to Tamara, where we live today. We have 140 hectare land and are living more or less 170 people and children here at, a, at this land. Thank you. Yeah. And Tamara, is, it's called a healing biotope, and it's also a peace research center. And, and you've spoken already about how, sort of how the ideas of war and therefore peace became a bit of a thread throughout your life. What does it mean to say that Tamara is a healing biotope and, and a center for peace research? Yeah. First of all, I would say we are not yet a peace healing, a healing biotope, but this is the vision. So this is the vision that there is a possibility for humanity to inhabit this planet Earth in a way that we are in cooperation with all beings, with nature, with the earth, with the invisible beings, and finding our social way, uh, which is possible to transform violence. And this is the idea that we have the, the vision that if we succeed at some places on this planet earth, to really, I would now, now say to remember how can we live in cooperation in this big universal uh, matrix? Then uh, it can have an impact to all this, um, the difficulties where we are living in as societies right now in those times. So in this sense, it's very much really about what is peace about? Does peace exist or is it only a dream? So in patriarchal culture, everybody said when I was young, it was normal that people said, yes, war is the father of everything. And imagine we would say, no, there is universal love. This is the mother of everything and can teach us how to live in truth and trust and transparency. It's very interesting because to talk about peace and war in the way that you know and that Tamara does and the people and and you do it's it's sort of it's political and and you are an activist um but it's interesting that i think today to many people though the practically sort of 
contradictory concepts of the political and the spiritual because Tamera is a political and spiritual project um, and you are an activist but also a medium um, and so often the spiritual is ridiculed by those who claim to be political and those who claim to be spiritual dismiss the political so for you how did, did the spiritual and the political connect? Yeah this is a good question for me, I don't like this word spiritual so much because I feel there is, exists a lot of spirituality which tries to ignore the reality of war. And on the other hand, I would say life itself has the quality of, uh, of consciousness. Life has the quality of perceiving a natural way how we can live in resonance with the matrix. And this I would call spirituality. And in the last years, we had some beautiful examples where I feel to succeed as um, as society, we need to reconnect with the creation, what created us. So, and normally there are two systems. There's the system of life and there's the system of social uh, society. And to bring those two really together, for me, this is the work. And we had uh, some actions. The last of was here in, in Portugal, which we call Defend the Sacred, where we worked together with uh, also with indigenous people who came from the Standing Rock movement, Defend the Sacred, here to us. And where we really, we hold prayer here with the fire at our, what we call our altar, and we had an action at the beach, and we invited also the invisible energies to participate in this, uh, where we hold our stand and where we raise our voice. And for me, it's still like a miracle that we succeeded. In the whole West Coast, there will be no oil drilling. And this for me are examples where I feel our political action should not work against systems because I think by working against systems we are nourishing the systems but it should reconnect with the system of life and from there rising our voice our clear yes our clear no and there I feel the connection between political action and spiritual work for me spirituality is not all connected with religion I think religion was uh, blocking this natural life energy and we have to find back we have to remember how to become members of uh, the universe and this remembering this sort of brings us on to the topic of uh, the stone circle and the ring of power because I read that when, when you started sort of um, uh, visiting and researching and came across um, an ancient stone circle, I think it was yeah. in Portugal, and had this sense of of remembering and bringing yourself back to a time before before religion, before any of these sort of imposed systems. Can you talk a bit about the importance of remembering and, and going back to these ancient practices and ancient um, modalities? being perhaps and how they can inform us today yeah 
though um, it was when we were looking for Tamara, we were looking at many places. I started the walking desert camp, we called it, because in the beginning we wanted to start in the desert to show that out of nothing in corporations you can create an ecological project. And on this path, I discovered the stone circle in Portugal. This is a very old, ancient place. It's the oldest stone circle in Europe. And there are standing 96 very big stones in the nature, in nothing, you would say. And when I came there to this place, it touched me so deeply. It was something like in my whole cell system, something happened. And it was, I would say today, it was uh, something brought a memory back to me. And uh, then I visited this stone circle in the coming years very often. I went there with groups, I meditated there. And it was revealed to me a kind of um, tribal wisdom where people 5,000 years before Christ really knew how to build networks of peace and how to live in cooperation with nature and in cooperation with all beings. And it was so amazing how deeply and clear the pictures came, how deeply the information came. I wrote a book about it. It's called uh, Dreaming Stones. It's not translated to, to English. It's only in Portuguese and German, Traumsteine in German. And then I traveled also to Malta, where you find uh, a lot of information, where no one did find any weapons or anything, and people were able to build big, big temples with which kind of technology they could make this happen. So many, many questions came to me, but also many answers. It was like a... Um, how to say, how to say, like in my cell system, there was a wisdom which appeared and came up. And it was uh, very, very clear, for example, that we are able to communicate with plants, with water, with fire, with the earth, with all elements. And this uh, revealed a whole structure of community to me, where I think that we can still learn a lot from this. And then I started, of course, to study a lot about the matriarchal cultures, about um, also indigenous tribes. Where are there still, where is there still a tribal wisdom today where we can learn from a lot? And this brought me to the point that we did build a stone circle here in Tamera. The big mother is the stone circle of Evora. And by this inspiration, we did build a stone circle and this has 96 different aspects which we feel important for to build a peace community can you give a, some, a few examples of what they might be what what are, what are some different aspects that might be included in building a peace mm -hmm. community so the stone circle in a way is describing the whole process from birth to death and you, you are guided to all the different levels. And so in the beginning, there is the, the midwife which supports the being to enter to, to this planet. And from there, 
there is an area for children and plants where it's shown that children have a very close connection to the plants. And if the education works in a way that they have enough space with nature, they will receive messages from the plants how to act and how to work. And from there you come to the next area. This is then the area of animals and children, around seven or something like this. Children are incarnating more to the body system. And so animals are their teachers. And so this is a whole area describing this. And then the next level of incarnation for a human being is arising sexuality. And there then a whole area around what we call love school. What is Eros about? How can we deal with Eros? What is the sacredness in Eros? And there are also, again, different archetypes for surrender, for art, for the white lilith, and so on. And from there, then, if you are incarnated through all this level, there comes the thinking. And then there is the thinking school. What is thinking beyond our mind? What is consciousness in nature? How can we relate? And then there is a whole circle, what we call the elders. So there are eight areas described. This is then the communication with um, with. Uh, the non-visible beings. Then there is an area for location that even places have spirit and how we can learn to communicate with the spirit of the place where we live. And then there is the area of the networking, of the spider net on this globe, how to relate and to build a political network where you can relay on. So this is the whole area and then we did figure out for which aspects does the community in Tamara really want to work for. And then we positioned these archetypes as stones in the stone circle. And in every every area, this will, a bit, will be a bit different, of course, belonging to the area where you live or which community you build. But there is something which I feel is everywhere the same, whether you live in South America or in... Colombia, in Germany, there is something in the life structure what builds an organism and helps to be sustainable is very, there are similar aspects. And the 96 are describing this different aspects. So I understand that um, to kind of help people connect to sort of the power of, of the stone circle and the archetypes, uh, you're creating cards and written you've written a book as well as well about um how people can connect to to the stone circle and the power of it can you talk a bit about that and how people might use it perhaps yeah i'm just it's not yet finished so but the cards <laughs> are already here beautiful so people can connect to this then you can have a full plan where you see all the different archetypes beautiful and then you can choose from the 96 cards. You can play with them like with the tarot. And then you choose a certain card and then you will have the message. I have no the artist, for example. And then you can look in the book. There is a small book where you just have a power sentence for what does this aspect mean for my life. And then there is a bigger book where you have... Uh, a long text 
channeled by the community members, mostly also from me, and working through the aspects that they can, in a way, support you in your life path. This is the idea that we say wherever we live, we can learn to build a peace community with our surrounding and how can we find the spirit, spiritual connection which deepens us enough to the earth's ground and to the stars. So this is the idea. And I'm very much looking forward. I wrote with this more than one year now where, where we were working on and it's a, like feeling to give birth to a baby. I feel like this. Well, congratulations. And for those listening, Sabine has been showing me some of the cards and they look beautifully designed and with beautiful artwork to accompany them. And there will be a fundraising campaign, I understand, to help support the work of the cards and the creation of the book as well. Yes, this is uh, one of our community members. It's Uri Ayalon from Israel, who I met the first time on our pilgrimage in Israel and who is living now, I think, 20 years with us here in Tamara. And he was so engaged about these cards. And now we need a crowdfunding to make it all possible that we can pay the printing and so on. And this will start on, I think, on the 12th of October. And everybody who wants to support is welcome to do so, that it really can come in a protected way and give birth to this project. Well, I think also helping to build the network when we cannot visit each other, the different communities. And we are also planning to have a seminar in the coming year where we accompany this aspect through the whole year. So these are ideas where, because we are looking since such a long time, how can we cooperate with the communities? They are all challenged in this time, how to survive and that we build this kind of uh, protection on a spiritual level and on a political level. Well, we will put all the details of the fundraiser and the cards and some more information about them in the episode notes for this episode so people can go straight to the link to find out more about them. Um, I wanted to ask you again about about the stone circle and the meditations that you that you do in it. As part of your healing work at Tamara, you run a weekly sunrise meditation called the Ring of Power that connects peace workers and activists from around the world in shared intention and prayer. Can you say a bit more about that and and sort of the power it has and how it what it means to you to do this uh, meditation with people from around the world every week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. Uh, I do this now since many, many years. I think uh, also around 20 years. Oh, wow. It was uh, started when um, a peace community member who I was very close to, uh, he, he passed over very sudden. And this was for me a very, very painful experience. And then suddenly he appeared in my dream and he said, uh, please start a morning meditation with the sunrise. This is a very good time to listen to the universe and to look from there what kind of manifestation wants to happen. And since this time, uh, I do it always in different forms. And now since many years I'm filming, I first channel, I'm one hour before sunrise, I am in nature, I find my nature place and I'm deeply listen, what is the frequency of the coming year? And then I speak what I received. 
And for me, some people look to the film, others not, but this connection where I know many people who do the same since many, many years. And this feeling that with sunrise, everywhere someone is sitting and holding the, the light for the peace, global peace. This is the idea. So that there's always someone in this awakening state and really looking, am I in the matrix of peace or what is still uh, in stagnation? What needs to be purified? What needs to be cleaned? And I love this practice very much. It helps me every week to go through daily life and having my orientation. And in the coming time, we will choose a card for a while. We will choose one card of the stone circle and from there uh, take the channeling. And we also have always at the last weekend of the month a webinar for people who come closer so that we can share and look what was successful in the week, what is next. I wonder what maybe what advice or what you would say to people, given all your years of experience uh, working for peace um, and because, I mean, being an activist, but also doing the kind of work that that many people maybe wouldn't necessarily think of immediately as peace activism, for example, like the meditation. Um, given your perspective of all these years, is there anything you might say to people who are really struggling with with you know we are we are living so many wars i mean we we have been since the beginning of time really but in it feels very close maybe especially to people in europe um especially younger people who are living uh the sort of the media experience of being closer to a war than than ever before because of um the war in ukraine people who might be feeling sort of desperate or frustrated about you know we talk about peace but there is war everywhere um Maybe you can talk about how your experience as a peace activist over the years, um, what, what helps you uh, mm. through these times? I feel you are mentioning an important point because I see more and more of my friends and co-workers who are in a state of resignation and to have strong burnouts. And also I myself, I had to go through deep processes. If you carry the peace a vision since 1978 when we started and the war is not becoming less it's growing and then I can say it became more and more and more important for me to connect with the vision as clear as possible because if you can see a healthy vision and really can see it not just as a dream but where you feel there is a reality where a war does not exist then it can nourish you and can help you really to go to the very dark points without fear. Because if we are conducted by fear, our consciousness closes and we come back to this pattern of offending and defending. And so I feel to really connect with the matrix of the universe, with the matrix of eternal life, helps us to become clear in our daily life and to say our yes and our no really clearly without attacking others. This is my main message. And I really, I was a lot in crisis areas. I faced war souls a lot. And if I would not have done this work, I think I could not have done the pilgrimages and what we did. And I'm often impressed how much 
people who, for example, lost family members with torture, with violence, how much they naturally come back to the power of life. And in Europe, often people don't want to see. They still are in this indifference to protect themselves from the reality. And I think compassion opens our heart. We have to open our heart and from there receive construct uh, instructions. What is our act? What is my participation? And if we close the heart, then maybe we have a bit esoteric, nice harmony, but this doesn't really uh, go deep enough. It, it really needs to be anchored in reality of life. Thank you. Um, you you mentioned briefly uh, just then, you know, some of your work in, in conflict zones and, and in some very challenging areas. And that made me think... Um, I mean, you've you've done an awful lot. You've done big work on big topics, you know, peace and conflict. And um, and I'm interested in in asking people who who are doers in a way, um, sort of because we live in a world where I think these days we live very much in fear of criticism and getting things wrong, especially when dealing with big topics, you know, mm -hmm. uh, saying the wrong thing, uh, perhaps not taking the appropriate position on something. And and you have done controversial things. And I think you have been criticized when you started working on love and the freedom of love in Germany. I think you expressed quite a press backlash, uh, experienced quite a press backlash back in the day. And also when you work on topics like peace in the Middle East and you've done a lot of work with Israel and Palestine, I'm sure many people may have not been in agreement for how you've, you address the topic. And I wonder, how do you deal with that backlash and that, that criticism? What is it that keeps you strong and secure in, in what you're doing as you're dealing with these big, big themes? Yeah, thank you. So I would start with the experience when when we were young, we were so radical and we were with our flags. We also had our ideology. And with this, the the it became controversial. People were starting to fight against us. And suddenly we noticed because we were in not really in contact, we also created fear. Not so much in our direct surrounding. There we were accepted. People did like us, but the ones who only heard about. And this for me was a very deep experience and school in inner peace work. Because there is something where I would say you discover the inner witness, which can see all your inner reactions. And I still remember this moments when we felt maybe we have to leave everything now. And the gift of community was so deep that I felt, okay, maybe we will become pilgrims, but we have trust to each other. This is deep enough and this will help us to survive. This inner school brought me, for example, when we were in Israel, Palestine, it's a beautiful example. We did a pilgrimage with the title, We Refuse to be Enemy. And we went through the whole... Um, from the north to uh, Jerusalem with 50 people. And we brought a theater about this issue, what we had from a re reconciliation camp here with Israelis and Palestinians. And then I noticed we brought it in a way so frankly and in a way naive that many people were touched in the heart. 
because it was not about worldview, it was more about going to the core. And then we went through the West Bank and then we saw all the damage and Israelis were, were walking with us and they had so much fear. And you suddenly notice so much worldviews are separating us to meet from heart to heart. And I still remember when we came out of the West Bank, I said, now I want to visit a settlement. And then some people said, no, no way, these are the enemies, we cannot visit them. And I said, no, I go everywhere, I want to know, I want to have direct contact. And this were really, really life-changing experiences for many of us who, who made this walk. And so I would say the witness for me is the key. Am I able? Isn't this amazing? Whatever I perceive, there is someone seeing it. And if I'm not identified, I can much more look. And then the answers from where real peace comes will appear. And this for me is the life school in a way. And there, I don't know whether we will make it as humanity or not. I believe yes, but who knows? But I. I would not be interested in life without this inner uh, path of adventure. <laughs> I think it's a bigger adventure than war. And how can we find this adventure of love and contact and truth and community? And so now you've been on the adventure of creating the cards and you're still writing the book. And I, I, first I'd like to ask if there's anything more you want to say about this this experience that you you um, have had creating the cards and anything you want to, to add about that. But also I wonder what's next for you? Do you have uh, new adventures on the cards, whether it's sort of courses or new directions in Tamara or anything else you want to share about? So my, my biggest hope is that even in the challenging situations where we are living in this crisis areas, that some of us will remember deep enough that peace is also a possibility and a truth and that the book and the cards will support this adventure. This is one of my deepest wishes and hopes at the moment. And from there, I feel that we together can find a way, for example, how to deal with the climate change and uh, how to find solution where the soul level and the political level come together. And there we are in deep research. And I feel at the moment I have uh, to deepen my spiritual work. I'm also in cooperation with people from the um, indigenous Andes, where we can learn so much. They, the culture there will also die because the war is growing also there. But the memory is still there, and we can look from this memory how to look to a healthy future. And I'm looking forward that the I think it will, the next three years, we will still have to face a lot of difficulties. But I think more and more people awake. They see the betrayment what we face in our societies, and they see the necessity to step out and to build a new economic work, a new ecological work, a new social work, and let's recognize each other beyond our worldviews and then build a ring of power. This is my dream, my wish. Yes. 
And for sure, I, I plan to go again to Colombia in the coming year. Also, we have very close friends in Brazil who are living in a favela and they created miracles just that they know here is Tamara and they come here once a year to recharge their batteries and they they are creating really miracles. And often we live too comfortable so that we uh, we start to sleep and this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe I would just say for those listening, I mean, Tamara has so many uh, different aspects. It has has the piece work um, that we've spoken about, but also, uh, as you just mentioned, it's also been a host for sort of activists and people from all over the world who or refugees as well, who, who have um, experienced challenges and need a place to rest. There's also incredible ecosystem restoration work going on there as well. So it's really a very... A holistic example um, yeah. of of creating a new society that that brings in all these aspects, so that from from the very practical hands in the earth to this path, deeper spirituality, and not seeing a separation between them. I think yeah. that's the thing as well, and not saying, "Oh, you do the digging, I do the meditating." Yeah, it's really seeing it all as part of the whole, right? It belongs together, like in one organism. And maybe to mention at the end, because you use the word holistic, uh, I think this is for me a very, very important part that we are much more than the individual beings, what we think to be. And there is a consciousness in the universe everywhere and we can come in contact with this holistic part. And if we succeed at the first places, really to know how to find this cooperation it will have a healing impact to the whole. It's like a medicine. Because if not, you could ask, okay, a nice community in Portugal, what does this have? It has no impact. But I feel if we really discover the answers on all the levels where we often fear to look at, then uh, I think it will have a healing impact. I hope so. Thank you. And just to close, I wonder if you would be kind enough to choose one of the cards. You have the cards there, right? And perhaps okay. read the phrase that goes with it. The phrase I don't have here. Oh, there's a little <laughs> book. But this I can send you later what the phrase is because I don't have the book here. No problem. But one moment I will. Do you... Uh, Want a certain question? No, I think just to see what emerges. I'm not sure. What emerges to us in the cooperation of community wisdom? Yeah, something like beautiful. Yes. Light research. Uh (laughs) (laughs) This is interesting. I think this is really interesting because if I look to the technological situation of our planet, planet, and there would be so many decentralized answers how we could deal in a different way with technology and with the light as a living being, everything would change. We would not have such centralized uh, organizations, but in the smaller communities, decentralization, taking care for energy, for light and energy. This is a 
Yes. Good message. Beautiful. All the cards are just beautiful. They're so beautifully done. Congratulations. It's amazing. They are rejected. I feel also it was a, a nice team from Germany who printed every stone. And it's also with some copper around. It's really nice. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Sabine, for sharing your story and your work with the stones and uh, the stone circle and the peace research. Um, I really look forward to them coming out into the world and uh, and for the work to be shared. And I hope, um, you know, I loved your vision for the impact it can have. And I very much hope that many, many people get to experience uh the work um, of Tamara through the cards and through all the other channels that you're sharing your work. There's so much going on um, and it's and it's important work. So thank you for sharing with us today and thank you for all you do. Thank you. The same to you. Thank you for your engagement and for your way of asking. It's a very beautiful flow. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you're curious about Tamara and its pioneering work, and want to check out its on-site and online educational offerings, you can find out more at tamara.org. You can also listen back to episode two of this podcast, where we interview Dara Silverman from Tamara's Love School. The community has started a Kickstarter campaign for the Stone Circle book and cards, and you can find the link for more information in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can listen to more episodes exploring topics like Ecovillage Economics, activism, food, community building, and much, much more. Please leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get in touch with us via our website, gen-europe.org, if you want to let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Community.